This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I need some improvement this morning. Jason Klein here with Pam Pibos from Inspect It Like a Girl and Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Jeff, did you know? Did you notice how quick you got bumped to second place after Pam got here? Absolutely, it, I did. I just wanted you to know that it, it, Java right, makes this stuff happen. Our producer Java. I'm glad I'm first somewhere. And I just want you to know that it's because he's so chivalrous that he put the lady oh, first. Right. Thank you, Thank you, Java. Thank you. Anyway, folks, you can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. So, uh, oh, oh, and remember, the show re-airs every Saturday at 9 a.m. right before the Gestalt Gardener, which comes on at 10. So how's everybody this morning? (laughs) I'm wonderful. Loving the weather. (laughs) <laughs> Loving the weather? Loving it. It's hat weather. Yeah. Is that what? No. I thought no. a contractor would. I'm going to tell you what. I can make it rain. All I have to do is put a pad in and try to pour a slab. Pour the concrete. Right. Yeah. That's, happens every time. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so well, every time I, it rains, a little bit of the pad washes away. The ditches get a little bigger. Well, the concrete company makes a little more money. <laughs> well, they say it's going to finally be nice this weekend. So hopefully know you can it. hire I'm, your guys on the weekend. I'm looking forward. Okay. How about you, Pam? How's that? How, how things going? Pretty good. Glad to be back. I was down in New Orleans last week at an inspector convention. Yeah, people started uh, feeling like you weren't coming yeah, I'm back. Like, I know. Right. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> okay. I couldn't talk the week before, and I just thought... Y'all don't want to just look at me I thought you show. just duped me into saying your name on the radio over and over. <laughs> over and, and over. Then, yeah, right. Thank you for doing that, by right. the way. Yeah, no problem. So uh, <laughs> what are you guys working on right now? Well, at 2 a.m., I was cleaning yeah. up my um, – <laughs> that was my DIY project. Because what do you, you do at 2 when you're awake? At t- what DIY can you do you, at 2 a.m.? You should have called you me. Do? I was up. Were you up? <laughs> yes. I've often thought about that. Who could I call right now? <laughs> what did you do? At well, 2 a.m. Well, see, when you're this weather, like, I don't know if you guys do this, but when you get horizontal, that little tickle on uh-huh. your throat. Right. So I started coughing, and the only way I would stop is if I sat up. Uh huh. So I thought I might as well get you know, up. You know, Pam, we, we've officially wait, 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 joined. Wait. We, we've officially joined the baby boomers. <laughs> you know how no, I that, know that's that? what that's called. That's so frustrating. Right. You know how I can tell? The baby boomers? Yeah. Uh, we've been meandering for like 10 minutes. I'm trying, trying exactly. to figure out what she's doing. We can't, right. <laughs> we can't even get to the show. All right. Go on, Pam. So, what were you doing at 2 a.m.? Well, at 2 a.m., I was organizing the um, medicine cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> really? I love it. Yeah, because I was like, there's got to be something in here that I can take that will make me feel better. <laughs> So we're going to put that in the category of home improvement today. Yes. I mean, I'm going to send Java. Became improved. We're going to post my medicine cabinet because it's right. outstanding. <laughs> you, can, you can tell you're a boomer if you're organizing your medicine cabinet at, at 2, 2 a.m. Right. Let me tell you what I found that was very helpful. The honey bourbon. <laughs> oh, yeah. So now she's drinking it, too. <laughs> well, right. I was like, why is the honey bourbon in my medicine cabinet? It well, says it, she was nipping before the show. Does anybody ever do that? I mean, I had an employee tell me this. You you take a little <laughs> swig of that honey bourbon, that cough is gone, and you sleep well. So, Jeff, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, the honey bourbon. Man, it worked you can like even a charm. forget the honey. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I can. I don't. Ugh. We oh, had I can't stand that taste. a catastrophe at my house this week that I had to fix that I thought of this show as soon as it happens. My wife comes in and she says, there's something wrong with the microwave. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. And so I go look at the microwave. I do all the checks that I have to do. The microwave's not coming on at all. And I'm like, okay, so let's go around hitting the GFIs. Something's blown out. Go check the breaker. Nothing's wrong there. Uh, so I pull the power on the microwave and just plug in a can opener. And the can opener works on both plugs. And I'm like, okay. So the microwave does not work, even though it's plugged in both. So anyway, take it out, start looking around. And I could hear Timmy McClendon of AC Remedies in my head, sitting in a chair across from me going, dude, this is eight years old. Yeah. You, you, you don't get deep here. You're going to get three hundred dollars into a repair, and you're only you know two hundred dollars into a microwave. Right. So you don't uh, remember my washing machine story? Uh, no, I, yeah. <laughs> well, I I finally I heard the voice of Timmy in my head last night. I heard the other night say, mm. "Go buy a new one." So mm. I did. So my big home repair thing for this week was how to install a over the stove range microwave which is what i did and folks it's not nearly as difficult as it may sound right. i'll tell you this you need a second body because uh it's it's awkward you know and you have to hold the microwave up there in place long enough to get some bolts in it uh but it comes with a little template Mm-hmm. And everything, and, and you don't have to do anything. It, the template makes it so that you don't even really have to have much of a uh, of a of a uh, measuring device at all, any sort of tape or ruler or anything. You pretty much have the template. You lay it in there, and there you go. There is some drilling involved in the top cabinet to where some bolts come down to hold the microwave in. But anyway, you can do this. It's possible. You just need two bodies, and please read the instructions. Well, and you got to make sure is it recirculating venting? Or yeah, and, is and it of course I knew this going in, so vent? I was able. And you have to. Uh, there's a plate on the microwave that you can move from one side to the other depending on what type of vent you're using. So. And you know, speaking of respiratory issues, <laughs> recirculating vents. Like your microwave, right? And we see these above ovens all the time. Uh-huh. There was a study that was put out, and I have a pod, uh, not a podcast, but a video on this uh-huh. that it will create indoor air quality uh, problems. Oh, really? Yeah, really? by recirculating like that because those cooking byproducts, especially uh-huh. if you have a gas range and you're recirculating, you will. Oh, with, without, oh a, wow. without a vent hood. Without a vent hood. Sure. Yeah, Never if you're just recirculating, and you'll know that you're having problems if you look up at the ceiling right above your. Vent. Really? What mm-hmm. would you see? Smuck. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Whatever. Yes. Someone put that in Google and see what you and come up with. see what you come right. up with. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So, uh, big game this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Jeff, I'm, I'm sure you've already hung your 82-inch uh, 8K TV Yeah. I think, I think I'm going over to somebody's house. Right. <laughs> Are I you? Think, yeah, yeah, me too. I think so. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you got to make it easy. I know it. No, I haven't fully made up my mind, but... I'm leaning that way. Okay. How about you, Pam? You doing a you doing a big TV at somebody else's house? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. It's, it's easier. Yeah, it's just easier. They oh, can clean guys it are up. Throwing in the towel. Yeah, on probably. Me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, look. The, the deal is, you know, right now is the fun time. This is when more TVs are sold right. 
for the Super Bowl than just about any other time of the year. I think it's even more than the Christmas holiday. Probably. I, I bet I'd it's love to be a TV salesman right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Like if it was the Saints, I'd, I'd go all out. Well, yeah, I know. I wonder if TV sell better regionally depending on who's winning. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Ooh, I bet you Kansas City is like doing they're probably well. out of TV. I bet right. they're out of television. <laughs> We've got some here if y'all need some. Yeah. Well, there's something neat about these big TVs is uh, for, for our purposes here is the mounting of these monsters. Uh, they make all kinds of mounting kits that you can use for these. Um, and, and some of them are actually easy. Some of them are, are a little more complicated, especially the bigger you get. Right. But don't let the size of the TV um, fool you too much. Uh, the TVs, if you pick up a TV now, uh, compared to what you remember a TV weighed even 10 years right. ago, folks, right. is mm-hmm. unbelievable. They weigh almost nothing now That's compared right. to yeah. and, and And the price is down to almost nothing. Yes, yes. I mean, they're they're truly disposable products now. now you remember when the first flat screens came out and we were first doing the digital sure. television? And even the, the, the skinny flat screens were, man, they were 70 pounds to pick sure. up. And, and expensive. Yes. And if it broke, you called the TV repair guy. Or, or there, just, yeah. You're not calling TV repair guy today. No, no. Nope. You, you just go get a new TV. Get that poor guy lost his job. Mm-hmm. He did. That's true. So now they're uh, cheap, they're light, and uh, you can hang them yourself. Although a lot of folks I have noticed have started putting them, uh, the bigger TVs, directly on a mantle. Uh, and that's a great idea only if you decide to check your mantle first to see if it will hold weight. Very important. Yes. Um, so so do check that out. Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. When we come back, it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got some emails, and you need to get your call on the air. Time for us to take that break. Want to hear from you? It's 877-MPB-RING. 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with licensed contractor Jeff Sammons and ASHI certified home inspector Pam Pibas. Um, did I do that right? Yeah. Join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Robert in the Delta. Oh, no, Robert. I'm so sorry. I had a house fire. What's going on, man? Well, I found out that I was insured. You, when, I, my neighbor, when my neighbor blew his house up cooking crystal meth. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Mm, and, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, but my 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 thought, my line of thought here is that you know, for people that don't normally have to do this kind of thing, there's so many there's so many different levels and small steps to getting your house put back together, and and we've done pretty good, except there's always these there's always something that you learn, like when you get your contractor is 
do I need to go ahead and order these supplies or are you going to pick them up? <laughs> and, and, of course, when we had the roof redone, the roofer showed up and said, where's the stuff at? <laughs> and, of course, we didn't, we didn't ask him, you know, if right. we needed to pick it up. And, of course, he didn't tell us either. But it was a great roofer. Um, the, other, the other little thing that was interesting is we got a pod to put the furniture in mm-hmm. while, while this is going on. And the pod showed up. It was great. And we got ready to move everything in. And it smelled like it had been moving dead carcasses. And, oh. And, and so we didn't ask for one that didn't stink. Right. <laughs> yeah, you forgot that part. Yeah, yeah I'm going to put that on understand. my list. Yeah, we, we, we forgot to ask well, that. Well, I mean, yeah. So, I don't know if it was anyway, on the ledger. Let, hey, um, Robert, yes. let me interrupt you one second. Uh, and this is just for the rest of the listeners out there. If you have a fire, you want to demand from your insurance company that your belongings go to a climate-controlled space. Uh, Now, the reason, and and the reason for that is the pod sounds great. Let's put everything in the pod and let's stick it out in 100-degree weather or freezing. With 70% humidity. Exactly. Your your house is conditioned space. Your furniture is designed to be in conditioned space. So demand from your insurance company that you want like, kind, and quality for my stuff to go back in a conditioned space. See, that's 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 something that needs to be in the little manual. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. I agree. And let's see. Let's see. The, the only other thing I was going to say is um, is that you. It sounds boring, but it, if you have it, it's great. And that is, go through your house periodically and take pictures so that you have an inventory that you know what it, what's going on. So wow. important. Very so good idea. Important. You could even do a video, really. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And and I had pictures. And so uh, my girlfriend, Karen, went on, and she compiled the list. And it blew my mind of the things that, you know, just from pillows and bed sheets right. and, and carpet and blah, blah, and things that, that, you know, I wouldn't have even thought about. But uh, anyway, it's been a, it's been an experience. I've, luckily, I've had great I've had great carpenters and electricians and and uh, fence people, and so we just it's just a couple little steps here that could have been easier. Yeah, Robert, know, that is fantastic. It, I've, I've got one to add to your list. Also, uh, we've mentioned here that when you have something like that happen, obviously your insurance company is going to come out to assess. And if you have already uh, secured your contractor, have that contractor with you while Ab- they assess. Yes, absolutely. Because there's damage possibly there that you wouldn't even know to look for that a contractor may that, understand. That is a great point. And, you know, most of, well, I, I'm not going to say most, a lot of your insurance adjusters have never, re, they've never rebuilt a fire. They're, they, it's all book. Right. So they don't know what to look for. Right. Even though they are so-called adjusters, they they have been trained in the book. They, mm-hmm. okay, we need paint on this wall and we need sheetrock. Right. 
Well, we all know there's a lot more to it, and, and right. without getting in the weeds, it's, and he can't see past the sheetrock. That's right. So. so, well, and something I would suggest too is, you know, of course, I'm the resident home inspector, right? But once they get done, have it inspected. And I have a story about a friend of mine who had a fire in Bellhaven mm-hmm. as a result of knob and tube wiring. Yep. Yeah. It was in the walls, and they had some questions about their contractor that their insurance company had chosen. It wasn't you, Jeff. Right. <laughs> it wasn't okay. you. So I go over there and check it out, got up in the attic, and they had not replaced the knob and tube wiring. But and they for those said of you who did. don't know what that is, knob and tube wiring was an <laughs> earlier form of wiring that they used in houses. What do you think? 20s? 30s? Mm, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so obviously, it, I mean, it does function. You don't want it in your house anymore if you can. Oh, of course If not. you can stand it. But um, Yeah, it's a fire sense. hazard. Okay. All right, Dale, uh, Robert, thank you very much. We appreciate it. We're going to keep on moving. We've got Sonny in Oxford, who is, uh, uh, your house is grounded, Sonny? Yes. Hey, I'm I'm trying to prevent a house fire here. Hey, so good. This, we this like that. <laughs> this is a rental, so. Okay. Um, and it's a beautiful old house with very few outlets. It is grounded because some of them are three-pronged. But a number of them have been left two-pronged. Um, hang on and just a second, Sonny. Uh, you just made one big, huge leap. Um, that, okay. that and Let me tell you, a three-prong outlet costs about 83 cents at Home Depot. And you can go in and get, actually you can get them anywhere you want. And you can just install them. That does not mean the outlet is grounded. It's grounded. You can buy a little tester at these box stores or right. at your hardware store, and it'll tell you. If and you put it in, it's a three prong, and you can put it in the three prong, and it'll have it's labeled, and it'll yeah. tell you if it's an ungrounded outlet. But never assume when looking at a three pronged outlet that it actually is no, grounded. Some um, the AT and T guy told us that the house was grounded at some point. Cool. I would appre- I, I I like that he told you that. I would also ask <laughs> someone who does that for a living. <laughs> Um, okay. That's probably because there was a ground wire going from the meter to the ground. Yeah, there's probably a ground rod, which now their code requires there to be two ground rods uh, six feet apart. Six feet apart. Six, six feet apart. Step so, potential. Yeah. Well, uh, still get it, get it tested. Sure. Yes, of absolutely, course. Sonny. Okay. Make sure it's tested because you don't. What you don't want to do is, you know, it's not going to cost anything to replace every outlet in your house. Really, to be honest, it's not a well, big deal. It, but it won't matter if you do that. And two, Sonny, did, didn't you say this was a rental? Yeah. Yeah, I'd call my landlord. I just, you know, save okay. yourself a couple bucks. Try that first. Well, and I think something that we need to clarify, too, is what does it mean for an outlet to be grounded and what is grounding? Right. I mean, my understanding, and Jeff, you can correct me, is that all the ground does is direct the lightning strike to the ground. Yes. I mean, so. you're just trying to get it to the ground. And so my experience has been with this is when lightning strikes, it's going to go wherever it wants to. Um, <laughs> we did a um, – and it was grounded. We did the clubhouse at Lake Caroline. Lightning hit the chimney, grabbed a wire, mm-hmm. and it, it was just like on a cartoon. Grabbed a wire, and the wire was in the slab, just started popping up tiles, well, uh, a floor tile. And then it exploded the brick chimney. So that's amazing. Well, you know, and and you mentioned it, Pam, and it is so true. And and I've seen it. I don't even know how many times that the in in the radio business, 
there's just an old saying, lightning takes what it wants. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just there's sure. nothing, you know, there's nothing you can do really. Really nothing. So as far as grounding goes, what we recommend is that, like, if you're going to have a high-end television or computer equipment, actually, my house was built in 48, and I, or 58, I'm sorry, and I had a ground rod put in just for my computers in ah. my office. Okay. And, then I, and then I started running home runs putting in more outlets that went straight from the meter to my office, and mm-hmm. that helped with that. But on a rental, well, I'm not sure that I'd go to that expense. I wouldn't go to any expense. It's not yeah. my property. Right. No, yeah. I probably this wouldn't. is something that they should take care of. For. Oh, without question. Sure, sure. And, and, you're, and you're in Oxford, so that's, that's probably something that they would do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Sonny, uh, go, go bigger on this one. And let someone else pay for it. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I just, you know, we need more. This old house is like one in every room. Right. All right. Thanks, Sonny. We appreciate it. Thanks. I appreciate y'all. All right. Bye. We, uh, I wanted to get to this uh, quick question that we got on email this weekend. Uh, I requested an estimate on a foundation repair from a second company. This is an email from a second company. And they asked for a copy of of the first company's drawing of the house with <laughs> elevations. Is this common practice? How would you respond to this company? I would, uh, this is just Jason, and then we'll ask the contractors, but just Jason would call another company. <laughs> but, okay, let's uh, let's go, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, come on. I called you for an estimate. Please provide me an estimate. Now, I don't mind paying for it. Right. You know, nothing's free. Uh, I don't mind paying for it, but but please give give me an estimate. I will tell you this, um, and and this is going to Kay. Kay, if if anyone asks to see a, a previous contractor's estimate, uh, the, the simple answer is always no. Yeah, uh, and the reason for that is that all they're going to do is go in there and bid a quarter less than what the previous guy did. Yeah, maybe. Just to get the gig. Maybe. Now, I I will break my own rule. Okay. If if it's an insurance loss, in order for my company to get involved, I must see your insurance adjuster's report. Okay. Well, the adjuster is one thing. That's right. So which, and and it's going to have, it's going to have the dollar value on it. But the only reason I want to see that, Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that that adjuster Accounted for that door, right? Well, they, you're speaking. You're speaking about the adjuster. I'm. Like, I, I'm thinking if you're talking it, two sure. separate contractors are going Absolutely. for a job, one should not necessarily know what the other is bidding because you might get false numbers that way. You could, and it, did the other contractor look at the job properly? Right. You should look at it through your eyes, make mm-hmm. your own determination of what it's going to take to to level this home. Right. All right, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Also, you can always send an email, fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Kathleen's on the line in Osaka. What's going on, Kathleen? I had not talked to you in a minute. Well, I've been in and out of the house. I'll tell you something. This is a moisture-related problem. I had an unexpected trip to the uh, hospital in November. Mm-hmm. Of course, it rained from the November to March here. Right. Well, I was getting clothes out of a dresser, and I let the door open because I, you know, had to go kind of quick. Right. Well, when I came back home, I couldn't move the door in or out. Couldn't find anyone that knew anything about a repair, and it's still raining. The guy, one guy says, well, take the drawer out and put it in a dry room. Well, if I, with my five foot three and all my boot force, couldn't have got that drawer out. Right. So I rigged a safe 
uh, ceramic heater, small one, and kind of took everything out that was anywhere near flammable and mm. let it sit there for at least 24 hours. Still couldn't quite get it out. It was two days, and it did dry the drawer out enough to get it out. Mm-hmm. But what a fiasco that was. Anybody looking for work, like you say, Jason, <laughs> go into furniture repair. <laughs> furniture repair. That was furniture restoration, because there's nobody uh, around here, for sure. Yeah. Say, oh, I reckon I can do that. No. Say no. Right. <laughs> well, thank you, Kathleen. I appreciate it. Um, I, I, I will use that as a jumping point. This weekend, uh, I was at the home show in Jackson, and, and it was just, it was a fantastic time. And so many people came out and shook my hand and said, hey, we listened to the show and, and mistook my daughter for Pam several times. And it, it was, Didn't it, you say her hair was green? Yes. Mine's platinum. It is. <laughs> we, we don't call it gray. No, we don't it's say gray. Platinum. It's platinum. Um, but, but no, it, it, it was a great show. One thing I did do is I, I get to talk to a lot of contractors when I'm out there. And I just want to say this just because I think it's important for the show to say. Um Almost every contractor out there told me they cannot find people to help do these jobs. They've got Mm -hmm. more jobs and they've got hands to do Mm -hmm. it. And almost every single one says it. And I'm thinking there's just so much to be done out there and there's so much money to be made. And and we're we're not making people fast enough. Well, you know, it's it's kind of twofold. even though we have Votec in our high schools, and, mm-hmm. and, and Madison County especially has a great mm-hmm. carpentry program. I mean, it is it is first class, mm-hmm. top of the line. Um, we don't have a lot of kids, um, unfortunately, getting in this field. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need more more kids, and there's good money in it. You know, it's what what some folks don't understand is that a lot of what we call construction or home improvement or whatever don't think you're not using artistry and creativity and doing this stuff oh absolutely this is is not an a to b sort of situation this is something that requires intelligence and um interpretation and and you know just some common sense. Oh, there's talent. You have got to have talent, and 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 you can develop it. I mean, I yes, you know, we we've got one of the best trim carpenters I think in the area, and um, he but, is you know, good. But He's pros really good. are pros are grown. That's right. You know? That's right. Um, and and I really think uh, if. If uh, if you've got a young one in your home that doesn't have a particular direction at the moment, I can tell you there's there were a whole bunch of people sitting around that owned businesses begging for people to come work for them this weekend. Uh, I can I can tell you right now I could hire two or three people right now. All right. So, all right. Uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break, Java. And um, it, ooh, you know what? Uh, it's time for that break. Still looking to hear about your home improvement projects. If you want to join the show, go ahead and give us a call, 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send that email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We've got one of those when we come back. And when we come back, we'll also look at some projects that probably didn't know required a permit. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Jeff Sammons and home inspector Pam Pibus. And if you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our MPB public media app. Join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. I promise when we got back that I would uh, do a quick email. This is uh, another that... Here we go, guys. Hello, I live in a double-wide manufactured home with a factory-installed wood fireplace. I want to replace the wood fireplace with an LP gas insert. Are there certified installers available near me? Who might sell the insert? Thank you. Um, so, who does sell uh, gas inserts for um, uh, fireplaces in this area? Sure, um, Builder Specialty. Okay, so there are different there are different people uh, around the state that would sell these oh, absolutely. items. Absolutely, sure. Okay. And two, uh, another another good avenue is go to your um, gas company. Oh, yeah? They, you can just they, go to the gas they, company? They sell gas appliances, um, and I think they will arrange install. Yeah, I, I've I'm heard of this. Positive. That's a really good idea. Sure. I didn't even think about that. Yep. That's fantastic. Does that depend if it's propane or natural gas, Jim? Well, I know that your propane dealers all carry gla- uh, um, uh, gas uh, appliances and gas logs and all that stuff. And, it, and and I've had them do some work for me before on some rural projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will even come bury your tank. If wow. you don't want that... Good looking tank in your backyard. Right. They'll they'll dig a hole and put it in the ground put it in for the ground you. Ground for you. Okay. So. All right. Well, there you go. That's a great answer. All right. Let's keep moving. Carol's on the line in Ocean Springs. What's going on, Carol? Hey there. I may have a question that's related to one you just answered. But okay. I'm trying to get in my house and have a lever handle and was unlocked the door and let myself in, and that lever handle came off in my hand. Oh boy. How do, you find, well, how do you find somebody to do such a little job? Carol, I, I know where you live, uh, Ocean Springs. I've been there many, many times. Uh, pick up the phone, call um, the Home Builders Association of Biloxi, and they will turn you on to a qualified contractor that will come running. Or, Carol, uh, yeah, I agree with him, <laughs> but this is a door handle. <laughs> And and you might be able to find somebody at church, or might be able to find a friend. It's not a big, it's not a giant fix, no. Carol. Um, I actually posted I a video a repairing mine. I don't want to keep asking them. I'm sorry. I found a friend who was able to help, but I don't want to keep having to ask people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are are you handy at all, Carol? A bit, but I hadn't done the door handle. If uh, um, you know. Pam was just mentioning there are videos online and very specifically a video of Pam doing this. Yeah, I just did that. I put it up on our um, 
think it's on my Facebook page and on my YouTube channel. How do we get to like, that? Inspect it like a girl YouTube uh-huh. channel, and I did a video on the lever handle coming off my storm door. Perfect. That very thing happened, so I do a whole video on how to install that. There you go. Look at that, Carol. Thank you so much. You're welcome. That's Inspect It Like a Girl, uh, her YouTube page. Yeah, YouTube page, and it's on Facebook, too, but I'd go to the YouTube page. Okay. Well, there you go. You know, I get I get her point. She's got a friend that will come do things. And yeah. Then, you know, I've asked the friend three times to come do it. I'm right. really embarrassed to ask again, but and probably the friend doesn't mind doing it. No. You know? I love it when people – well, I, I shouldn't too. say that. I don't always love it when people ask me to help, but – you know, sometimes it's it's really being of service to others. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, number to call is eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We were talking right before the break about uh, permits. One of these things, uh, and you know, the very first time that Jeff Sammons came on um, Fix It One Hundred One was a show that we were doing on permits. I wanted someone who could tell me what permit I needed to have here or there. And Jeff was the, the professional guest for that show. And and he still won't leave. But uh, some of the things that we wanted to mention uh, to check if a permit is needed or not in your area, uh, building a fence. That's a that, that's on this is some municipalities, believe it or not, have requirements about the height, material, or aesthetics that's of right. the fence. HOAs do this too all day that's long. Right. Uh, so um, if you're ever planning on uh, just putting out a cyclone fence or anything, you better call somebody. Well, for instance, city of Madison, there are no cyclone fences. Right. Um, there are no wood fences facing a major road. In the city of Madison, really? Yes, sir. No wood. So, no wood. No more. Oh wow. No more. So. Well, I had a problem at my house because I've got a swimming pool. Yep. And my fence had been there for twenty years, and it needed to come down because the house next door uh-huh. was built up, and they could see in my backyard. Oh. And I was not happy with that. Right. So I started building a fence. It's thirteen feet. Yeah. Yeah. And did city, you have to get a permit? City, well, city I didn't think didn't I like did. That. No, they didn't. <laughs> well, so, there, there's actually a height restriction on fences they in They tattled on me. Yes. Somebody tattled on That's me. Right. So I had to go down to the architectural review board to so that they could, get, you know. Get a, get a variance. Get a variance on my fence. And I said, you know, I'll do it at six feet, but then the neighbor's going to see me skinny dip every night. And right. they were like, build, build your fence. <laughs> Go as high as you need to, right. Pam. I just don't want the calls, ma'am. All right, let's go to Elizabeth in Memphis. What's going on, Elizabeth? Hi. I wanted to ask y'all's opinion about the pros and cons of having a wood stove versus a gas stove put into a new house. Well, uh, wood stoves wood are fireplace. infinitely cooler. Yeah, do you so. mean stove or fireplace? Oh, I said the wrong word. Fireplace. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I always do uh, a real uh, fireplace with real wood because I'm a glutton for punishment, and I love cleaning my house from smoke sure. and and uh, emptying out the ashes and taking an hour and a half to light a fire. Sure. That's my gig. Well, there's nothing nicer than a wood-burning, real wood fireplace, and there's nothing Worse right? than a wood-burning <laughs> fireplace inside your house. So, to answer your question, if you're going for, 
heat and convenience and all that stuff. Get a ventless set of fire logs and a ventless firebox. Right, and you'll get heat and you'll get some pretty. That's right. And and, and spend spend an extra $75 to $100 and get the remote. Or be like Jason and look around for firewood every year. And then well, uh, some kindling, and then some. I go through the whole rigmarole so I can sit there with knot. my. You need the yes. pine knot to get it started. Yeah. Let me go ahead and advocate because Jeff's talking about the gas. gas. Let yeah. me advocate for because you're up in Memphis, so your weather's going to be a little bit cooler than ours. Uh-huh. I have a wood burning stove. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I love that thing. And it's an insert that they put in the fireplace. Uh-huh. And so I can build my fire and leave those doors open whenever I want to see the fire. Right. But I can shut those. I can load that thing up with yeah. wood and shut those doors, and it heats my entire house. Elizabeth, I've seen one of these inserts in a home, and when you shut the doors, like you're like, okay, I don't care about the fire anymore. I just want it to be blistering hot in here just shut those doors it, it is unbelievable hot. how much heat yeah. it will put out and what's that place you just mentioned um builder specialty they they actually have a friend that just got a wood burning uh, stove from them and elizabeth i will say if you are a neat freak if you're a neat freak and i'm i'm, I'm saying this as a as a service to everyone if you're a kind of person who likes things clean regularly do not get a right. wood burning fireplace exactly well, you know, put put your wood burning fireplace outside. Right? Yeah, that's a best well, fireplace. Yeah, that's yeah. what a lot of folks are doing. They're that's having right. these. Yeah, put put it on your screen like porch patio. or something. Yeah, like a like a fire pit in the backyard. Yes. Oh yes, yeah. you got to do a fire pit in the backyard. Sure. Sure. Yeah, okay. invite us over. We'll all roast weenies. There you right. go. <laughs> Thank y'all very much. <laughs> Thanks, Elizabeth. All right, you know what? Let's just do. We want to keep moving. Are we ready for that yet, or no? Nah. All right. Let's go to an email real quick. I wanted to talk about this one. A uh, eight foot windows, man. I'm loving this. I am loving this. Redoing my Creole style porch, wanting eight foot windows or French doors. Do they make ready made eight foot windows that open, or would that be a special mill product? Thanks, Tony. Uh, I'm going to answer real f- quick because it's just so much fun to do this one. But Tony. Go big, man. If you're going to do this, this is awesome. Yeah. I, I don't think they make an operable eight-footer. Um, you know what? They make anything you're willing to pay for. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a – in the residential world, I don't think they make an operable eight-footer. I don't think so. I've not seen um, I don't think – if Woody's listening, if he would – Text me. Um, what about a French door? Would you could you put in a? You could put in an eight foot French door, um, which was nothing wrong with that at all, right? Uh, and make it fixed or operable, either way, right? So, okay. But you go with you know the thing about those tall wooden doors is they always you talk about humidity. You could get some warpage, yeah. pretty easy, yeah. right? But a lot of those doors, if it's French doors. Um, you can get them now. There's, uh, you know, it's double pane sealed glass. That most of the door is glass. That's why a lot of That's people right. get them, so they can use it as a window, also. So, um, I don't know. I like the uh, I like the eight foot windows, but I, I don't even. Why it's got to open? But whatever. Yeah, I mean, you could make them fixed. You could have them operable. Mm-hmm. Um, eight foot window. You know, you need a minimum of. Of a eleven foot wall. Well, so, you could do, you could do you could do uh, um, 
you could do five of a movable window and then uh, three of a static. Yeah. So, all right, let's go on to uh, Homer and Clarksdale. What's going on, Homer? Hey, how you doing? Good. What's going on? Not a whole lot. Uh, enjoy the show. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> it is very informative and entertaining. But uh wanted to ask Jeff, uh, <clears throat> I bought a house about, I don't know, 30, about 25 years ago. Um, they added a, uh, a 30 by 30 master bedroom on the end of it. Wow. It was not built. Yeah, it's pretty big, pretty good size Ooh. now. Yeah, nine, even before that. Anyway, wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's nice until you start having to do things. <laughs> right, right. Uh, a massive uh, room, more square footage. Yes. Uh, I was this. I think where they attached the concrete to this bedroom that they had it on, it mm. did not. Uh, I don't know that they didn't tie it in right, but look like tricky. it's starting to think a little bit ah. and and now the guy told me he paid a man fourteen hundred dollars to put gutters around the house and um he got about 20 foot of gutter and that was it wow um so the thing of it is is i'm if if you get moving in a house and you do put up gutters and i'm gonna backfill this thing this spring because we're gonna start getting a lot of water uh and just put it, am I just messing up if I put some bisqueen or some plastic around just where that drip line has dripped? Because at one time water was sitting there. And I feel all that, backfill all that, uh, but look like I'm still getting a little bit. If this stuff starts, I mean, is it any sure way to stop it? Well... Let's 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 look at some facts, okay? Because okay. I, I I can't speculate if it's going to move anymore or not. I don't know that, but let's let's look at the facts. Uh, I want I want ten feet around my house. I want six inches of slope. I got you. Okay, okay. so get you a ten foot two by four. Get mm-hmm. you a two by six short block. Nail it onto the end of the two by four. Okay, and okay. then and then lay that on the ground up next to your house, uh, uh, and put a level on it. And if it's level, you have six inches of slope in a ten foot area, and and that that carries the water away from your house. That is the key to maintaining a good foundation. Remove the water from your house. Uh-huh. The, the damage that's already been done is not. It's not going to fix that. But if we get the water away from our house, the chances of a successful foundation is much greater. Water, water is the killer. Water is yeah, the, water's the curse on the foundation. Yeah. So do do whatever you have to do to get the water away from your house. Gutters, proper drainage, all that. And don't you think, Jeff, because, and I wanted to ask you this, I have heard that once you do that, give yourself about 18 months to see what's going to happen. Before you, you know, a, a lot of people panic right around foundation issues, and they really, it's panic is the foundation guy's best friend. Absolutely, <laughs> you know, because they're going to well, rush out and try to do something. What 
and if you can, I love what Jeff said. If you just take care of your drainage yep. and then monitor that, because once you dry it out, it's probably going to drop. Chances are going to be okay. Yeah, it's going to. It's, it's going to be that okay. That ground probably. is going to dry out, and you'll probably get that last bit of settlement, and then you should be fine. Well, one other thing, too, about heaters. Mm-hmm. This, this guy actually installed, they ran the ductwork a little bit different. I mean, it, he ran it off the central unit. And he actually put a heater, uh, one of these wood furnace heaters. They paid a lot of money for it. But I tell you, that is one of the tricks to cheat to 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 heating your house in the wintertime very efficiently as far as money goes. A wood? It just be the furnace or central unit hands down. I don't even, in a bad one, I don't even burn probably a cord of wood. This thing burns wood. You can set it to where it. It keeps a big bed of charcoal in it all night. I mean, the kids are gone and grown now, but the thing of it is, when they were here, when I used to make fires on cold nights, they never slept under the cover. It heats up a whole house that's about 5,000 square foot. I mean, just, it is amazing what that heater does. Wow, that's amazing. A whole house wood heater. Mm -hmm. They'll do it. Yeah, if you turn on your fan... Right, and I've talked about this before. I throw all that wood in there, and then mm-hmm. I turn my central unit on. The fan right. to circulate about every fifteen minutes, and it it pulls that warm air into that return and distributes it to every part of the house. That is fantastic. All right, Homer, thanks a lot. We appreciate your call. Um, real quick, before we go to Jesse and Mobile, we got a question here, email that I wanted to answer real quick. If I pick out windows from one of the home stores. Will they arrange the installation for me with factory-certified installers? Thanks. Um, anybody want to give this a swat? Yeah. They will? Yeah. Okay. And it, it seems um, interesting. He mentioned factory-certified installers. He seems to be very... Yeah. I don't want to... We're, we're, we're an installer for the big box stores. Right. Um, we've never been to the factory to... Right. Uh, so I'm not going to say we're factory trained installers. We know how to install a window. Right. Okay. So, you know right. what I bet he's talking about? He probably had a bad, you know, because some of these really high end windows. That's right. You have to be there, certified there, on those. Well, but you, that's not a big box. There's a, there's a strap that comes on most wood windows. It's a little bitty strap. It's right in the middle of the window. The first thing the window installer wants to do is cut the strap. You do not cut that strap. Right. That strap is on there for a reason. You install that window, mm-hmm. install it properly with the proper flashing. Once that window is installed, then you cut the strap. Okay. Wow. So, all right. All right, let's go to Jesse in Mobile and uh, has an opinion on that fireplace versus stove thing. What's going on, Jesse? Uh, it's 50 degrees now, just warmed up, and it's still rainy. Yeah. Growing up, we had the stove in the den concrete floor my mom had the metal flashing along the chip board on the back so the pine wouldn't get too warm right when it did you saw the sap coming out of the pine (laughs) no way (laughs) that one stove would heat the entire house three rooms away you knew you had real heat (laughs) <laughs> if you like real heat, you get something with wood. If you like hot air, you get the gas fireplace. Right. You can have the remote or the switch on the wall, but hot air versus real heat, you can tell the difference. 
Wow, that's uh, that's interesting. That's I a good way that. to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Blowing hot air or actually burning. I get accused of that a lot. Blowing hot air. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to have you guys here. All right. Uh, another email here, question here. Oh, by the way, if you want to get a call in, you can call 877-MPB. Rank. Nope, not enough time. Okay. Not enough time. Let's keep on going. I, uh, I recall. No, wait a second. When I put a new light bulb, here we go from Katrina. When I put a new light bulb in any of the three lights of my ceiling fan, the bulb blows within one week. The fan is seven years old. She says, what should I check? Wow. I think you should check out the wattage wattage on the bulb. I think she should check out another ceiling fan. (laughs) I, I mean, it's seven years in. It's blowing bulbs, which is scary. Yeah. Um, now I don't know. I don't know if we're into an LED uh, kind of um, incandescent situation that is with so bulbs. Strange. There. But well, have it, you been in a big box store trying to find a light bulb lately? Yeah, true. I mean, there's like rows and rows oh God, of it's, bulbs. It's, it's intimidating. It is. You know, I'll just stand yeah. I mean, there and stare at it. There's one whole aisle. Of yeah, nothing when I was growing up, light bulbs. You would get white sixty. Exactly. Yeah, yes. Yeah, that <laughs> was a soft white sixty. If, if you if if you really got uh, aggressive, you'd get a hundred watt. Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to read, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, no. What that is, there's a wiring issue, uh, Katrina. Somewhere in there, you're having a wiring problem, and uh, because those bulbs should not be going out. One thing I did <laughs> learn. This is an old trick that I did learn. That a lot of people blow out bulbs very quickly in some of their receptacles, and this is why. Uh, and very important before you even think about this to turn off the power to those outlets, to those receptacles. But one of the things that you can do over years is screw in light bulbs too far and, and too tight and too hard for so long that there's a little prong in the bottom of the um the receptacle that the light bulb goes into, and it just pokes out a little bit. What happens over time is as you screw that light bulb in tighter and tighter, it pushes that prong all the way to the back, and eventually the prong never comes back out again. So all it's doing is burning your it, – it, it's absolutely – so what you can do is go in there, turn the, the switch off, turn your power off. You can take a little uh, flathead screwdriver and bend that prong back out a little bit, and that is good as new. And stop screwing your light bulbs all the way until they stop. Yeah. Don't screw them all the way in until they stop. What you're doing is you're bending that piece all the way back every time. It'll go, but eventually that piece is going to break. Yeah. And you can also get another light kit for that fan. Yes, yes. And uh, and they're not actually expensive no, at all. No, not at all. No. All right, folks. Uh, wow, that covered it. And- it was pretty easy. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio. It's funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Java Chapman. There we go. For Pam Pibus and Jeff Sammons, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White. Join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.